Hello and welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond, a podcast from the Lakeshore Museum Center. My name is Kimberlyn, and today's topic I'll be covering is the Arctic Grayling and their ongoing revival into the Manistee and Michigan Rivers. The Arctic Grayling were once a native fish in Michigan. However, they have since gone extinct with the last documented catch in 1936. The good news is they're merely extricated, meaning that we can still find the Arctic Grayling in other locations, like Canada, as well as Montana, who have also been working to revive and bring back the Arctic Grayling to their local watershed as well. Now you're probably wondering how and why this happened. Well, back in the late 1800s, we didn't have regulated fishing like we do today, with licensing and keeping track of how many of a species you're allowed to have, especially when it comes to the local boat industry. Now, what was bringing everyone here for specifically Arctic Grayling is it has a prominent dorsal fin on top that actually can shimmer in the sunlight. So just the appearance of the fish was bringing people in, which created the booming fishing industry known as the fishing line. Now, commercial fishing, they would come through and they'd fill their ships overflowing and take them back to Detroit and Chicago and sell them on the market. Now, this overfishing, unfortunately, was leading into the decline of their population. It also didn't help we had our lumber industry, cutting down the white pines and then sending them down the rivers down to our sawmills. Cutting down all the lumber, we're sending them down the river, which is, one, it's scraping up the bottom of the riverbeds as they're being pushed through, destroying their spawning areas. Then you also have, in the mills, you're cutting the wood, which is creating and adding materials and deposits into the soil that aren't there naturally, that are also harmful to the fish. So the lumber industry changing their environment, as well as the fishing industry, their decline was slow but continuous. Now, the last straw, unfortunately, was yearly fishing competitions here in Michigan. In order to prevent people from leaving with our declining in fish, they decided to introduce more fish into the rivers. They brought brown, brook, and rainbow trout into our local rivers. Adding in these competitors led to the end of our Arctic grayling here in Michigan. Like I mentioned before, the Arctic grayling are extricated, so they are found in other areas. Back in 2016, the band of Ottawa Indians have been looking into bringing the Arctic grayling back. They were able to get a federal grant enlisted help from the Michigan Technical University for a two-year research effort in order to test feasible locations along the Big Manistee River watershed in the northern Lower Peninsula for bringing them back. Now, they aren't the first to try to bring them back. Back in the 1980s, the DNR tried to restock the river by bringing in young hatchlings and releasing them into the lakes and rivers. Unfortunately, they migrated rapidly out of the area and didn't stay. A few years later, they tried again. However, once again, they didn't stay long enough to repopulate. Now, the difference with the Ottawa Indians, now that they've started their research back in 2016, is they're checking for areas that are prominent for their continued survival. Uh, testing the water, fish research, and also the other species in the area to prevent competition in the area.
with the research, they got a hold of Michigan State University, and a group of students there are helping host a artificial stream environmental files. Uh, their studies so far have taken young grayling and mixing them in a tank with brown trout, as well as a separate tank with the brook trout to see which can coexist more comfortably. Uh, so far, the study has come back that the brown trout are more of an aggressive species. So if they're able to find a stream that was compatible, they'd be able to live along the side of the brook trout just fine. They have also been studying uh, early fish science. They have found it's important to have the fish start out in the water that they're going to be released in. Um, when they are still in their minnow form, they imprint on the water because fish are able to take in the scent of the water and able to track their way back home for where they will be able to later have their own offspring. Uh, and with grayling, it takes about four to six years before they're of age to reproduce and spawn more. So it'll take a few years of study to see and watch their movement, how they coexist before we release them into a proper area. Another bit of research that they are doing is checking the water. Uh, different sediments, different water temperatures all correlate into what the best area for the grayling to survive the greatest. So between the water, their imprinting, and other fish they'll be coexisting with are all important factors that they are doing research in to see what rivers up in the Manistee area would be best. So far, they've been checking in potential thriving areas uh, have been along the Boardman River, the Jordan River, and the Maple River. We are fortunate that Montana also had lost their grayling and have since been able to bring them back and have successfully gotten them back into their river shed. So from the research that they have done and their success, it is very likely we will be able to, in the next 10 to 15 years, start growing our own population of Arctic grayling here in the Michigan waters. In Montana, they created these remote psych incubators, RSI, that they were able to successfully use for salmon and then later the Arctic grayling. They take these five-gallon buckets where they will place along the side of the riverbanks that they plan on releasing the fish into and take the fertilized eggs and have them in these buckets. Then off the buckets, they have tubing that then connects it down into the water so that way it kind of cycles in through and that way the fish are, one, growing along the side of the riverbanks, but they're also getting the water scent because they are within that water. So that way they are able to imprint their location. So that way they have a place of birth to return to when they have reached their reproduction for future grayling. Montana, however, they do have a different gradient in their stream system because they have mountains where our Michigan waters are cold and constantly fluctuating in temperature. So that'll also be a bit of a factor. But we're hoping using the uh, remote site incubators like they did in Montana successfully, we will be able to take that and replicate it here and successfully have our own grayling release in the near future. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with the update, you can go online to migrailing.org and keep up with any progress that they've been making 
whether through grants, research, they've been doing pretty well at keeping updated for the public to see how they're progressing. Hope you enjoyed learning about the Arctic grayling and their disappearance and ongoing revival here in Michigan. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Muskegon History and Beyond podcast by the Lakeshore Museum Center, and we hope that you'll return and listen to our next topic. <laughs>